Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I got echo chamber here. Was uh, interesting being a young parent again. <laughs> I had forgot what it was like to have a year old baby to take care of. Day and night, night and day. Oh, we did have some help because we were staying with uh, Brandon and Mandy and James and Aunt, uh, Amber and kids. So, but we still took our responsibility to, to heart, and we had the uh, little Rosie for the, the, the full time. Uh, like uh, Richard said, we were typical Okies. We opened the. <coughs> Brandon and I got up. We opened the curtains and we opened the door and looked out the window while the tornado alarm was going off. So <laughs> we, we wanted to make sure that we could see it if it came, you know. We, we were really excited about that. It's uh, one of those uh, wonderful Loki things you do. Even though, it, <clears throat> I don't know, it, the thing was moving so fast, uh, I think by the time that we got up, looked out the window, it was already gone and whatever it was going to do, it had already done. And we probably would have been asleep while it was doing it. So anyway, we were uh, uh, very thankful that there was uh, minimum damage or minimum anything going on up there. Um, I was very thankful for Paul's epistles, Paul's letters to the churches. And I've always been very thankful for his epistles. I use them to great advantage for the second message. So I used Romans, the eighth chapter, and went through it. And I know that we had, that through the feast we had First Corinthians and all of the different ones that Paul wrote. And of course, you know, we use Christ's message and everything uh, during the feast. We we bring it out because uh, God wants us to, to to be able to 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 bring out. Those things uh, that he inspires his ministers uh, to bring out during the during the feast, and so we we did. And so I've been extremely appreciative of the letters that Paul wrote. But thinking about what I was going to bring today, I got to thinking. Originally, Paul really didn't want any of this to come out, did he? In fact, he was a very zealous person in trying to stop this way, this Christian way. And it was very interesting that Jesus Christ had to intervene to bring Paul around because he definitely was a zealot and he really would have very much pursued what he was going to pursue. So I wanted to bring out Paul's conversion. I wanted to look at that today. I didn't know how much time I would have, but the, it looks like I, I probably get through most of the material that I have. Um, I wanted to, to start out with Stephen's, at the end of Stephen's message. Um, Stephen was, I've always appreciated my name, uh, not quite as much as I should. 
when I was at school, they always used to call me Step-In. Uh, so I changed it to S-T-E-V-E-N because of that. But then, after I began to read the Bible, I noticed that the Hebrew word Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, is a more perfect way. And, uh, and in fact, it, uh, um, my name means kingly crown, and I hope to, to someday uh, accept that in, in Christ's uh, kingdom. I look forward to that day. But at the end of his message, which was a very powerful message, his deacon, he was just a deacon. He, but God had, had blessed him with the Holy Spirit and the power, and he had even done miracles. Amazing things were, were happening at that, that very first uh, giving of the Holy Spirit. And it, was, it was just very powerful things that were going on and very powerful things that were happening. And, and I've also often just, and if you, I wasn't going to go through this, but it's a, it's a tremendous read because he goes through and he develops the history and then he lays it on them. How that you have rejected the Lord and killed him, but just when he calls him, of whom you have now are betrayers and murderers. Well, he laid it on thick, and when he did, he took his life in his own hands because that was what God wanted him to do. He was inspired to do this. He was full of God's Holy Spirit, and he was inspired to bring this. And so I, I thought I would start at a verse 55 instead of reading the whole thing. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now he, it's a very powerful message that he, that he presented to those people. And they rejected it and they killed him for it. And Saul at the time, well, his name was Saul, Saul of Tarsus. In verse 1 of chapter 8, Saul was consenting to his death. And at the time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. And so we see the, the first um, reading of, of, of Paul. He was Saul, and he had just agreed to the death of Stephen. <clears throat> Picking it back up now in, verse, in, in chapter 9, uh, you can read all of these things about Philip and the different things. And yet, <clears throat> Saul, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples, this is verse 1 of chapter 9 of the Lord, went to the high priest, desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them uh, bound to Jerusalem. He, he, was, he was out to get any Christian. He was going to... To, to bind them up, and he was going to bring them in to Jerusalem for, for trial. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly 
there shined around about him the light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecute you me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Wow. <laughs> this man, he was out to get all Christians, all believers in Jesus, meets the man, meets the power, meets Jesus. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me do? And the Lord said, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays and has seen, and has seen, uh, has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. <laughs> then Ananias, realizing who he was talking about, says, Lord, I have heard by many this man how much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem. And there he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call in your name. But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel to me. to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And that's key right there, brethren. Because that is exactly what Paul did. He suffered for the name of Jesus Christ. Very interesting uh, thing that Jesus prophesied for Paul. Ananias went his way, entered into the house, and putting his hands upon him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to you in the way you came, has sent me, and that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately fell from his eyes as it in scales, and he received sight forthwith, forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received the meat, he was strengthened. And then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus, and immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Now imagine, this is someone that's been out there trying to kill the Jews, trying to kill anyone that believed in Jesus. And he immediately goes and he preaches Christ in the synagogues. This is a powerful, powerful witness. And God has commissioned him to do this in a powerful way. And when you read the epistles and some of the things that Paul says, you realize that God gave him a tremendous spirit of being able to understand certain things, especially the resurrection, the, the, the spirit in man versus the spirit that comes from, from God versus the, 
the, uh, the carnal mind versus the spirit, the Holy Spirit that comes in. All of those things God revealed to him in a special re revelation that Paul then was able to go out and preach powerfully. Immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in, Jesus, in Jerusalem and came here for that uh, intent that he might bring them bound, the chief priests? So and Saul increased more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelled at Damascus, proving this, that, <clears throat> this is the very Christ. And that many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates, <clears throat> and they watched the gates uh, day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night, let him down by the wall in a basket. And that's not the first time that he has escaped death. Very interesting how many times that he has had to live in in a situation in which his preaching would cause him to almost die. For in the Second Corinthians, the eleventh chapter, beginning of verse eighteen, Paul, not being one that wants to to really bring this out, but because there was so much contention, so many uh, people claiming certain things, such uh, uh, contentions going on in the different churches. Paul felt it necessary to, to inform uh, in this letter how much he had suffered to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, as he said, in one other place. He says, and I'm picking up here, and I'm not going to read all of verse, uh, chapter 11, but I'm picking up here in verse 18. It says, Seeing that, seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. For you, suffer, uh, for you suffer fools gladly, seeing you yourselves are wise. For you endure if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take, you, uh, take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I speak as concerning reproach as though we have been weak. However... Whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Uh, these, these things are something that they're, these others are claiming. And Paul is out to enlighten them, I think, is what he's trying to do in this letter. To help them to understand what he's been through how much he has suffered to come to this particular point. He says, are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes, above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I, was, uh, uh, I have been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. 
in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are outside that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So it's interesting, Paul elaborates all of the different things, and yet he's reaching out to the congregations that he has visited and cares for them. It's amazing the the Holy Spirit that gave him strength and has brought him through all of this. And you read his words and you realize how how much that he loved God, loved this, loved Jesus Christ, and and was able to preach and and to extend that to them. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knows that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under Artemis, the king kept the city of Damascenes uh, 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 with a garrison desirous to apprehend me. And though a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands, which we just read. And so they, even from the beginning, because of what he was preaching, how he had changed, his conversion was so powerful that they hated him for what he was doing. And every time that he was in situations like that, God took him out of it. And just as Christ has prophesied that he would suffer, he definitely suffered through all of that. Let's take one scenario. There's, there's a lot in the ending uh, of Acts, the book of Acts, and things that he went through. But I wanted to, to just pick up here in chapter 22 and just read through this and some of the things that he, he's, he talks about in chapter 22. Men, brethren, fathers, hear you, my defense, which I now uh, to you. And when they, oh, wait a minute, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, to, I wanted to start in another spot here, and I don't know why I didn't write it down. Um, and let's see, where did I want it? Because, Um, Paul, in verse 26 of the 21, went into a purifying situation so that he could enter the temple. So verse 26, Paul then took the men, the next day purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that offering should be offered for every one of them. So he was, was actually taking Gentiles into the temple, but they went through the purification process before they could go in to the temple. When the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, men of Israel, help, this is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people and the law, this place, and further brought Greeks into the temple and has polluted this holy place. For they had seen before with him 
in the city, uh, Trophimus and Ephesus, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. Now, all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and took, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut. And as they went uh, about to kill him, tidings came to the chief captain of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating off Paul. So in other words, the <laughs> Roman centurions and saying, um, we're coming, the, the police were coming. So these people quit beating Paul. The chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing and some another and among the multitude and when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. For the multitude of the people followed after crying away with him. And as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said to the chief captain, May I speak to you who said, Can you speak Greek? <clears throat> are, you, uh, are not you that Egyptian which before these days made an uproar and led out the wilderness 4,000 men that were murderers? Paul says, I, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, uh, uh, a citizen of no, no mean city, and I beseech you, allow me to speak to the people. And when he had given license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with his hand to the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spoke to them in the Hebrew tongue. And so here's a powerful witness, even though they wanted to kill him. Sometimes, brethren, in our preaching and teaching, we might face a situation in which we might have to come up. You know, it says in the Bible not to prepare yourself, not to be prepared at that time, that God will give it. If this is something that he wants someone to understand, he will give you the words to bring out. I've never really had an opportunity uh, to do anything like that. I was very young and went before a very unjust judge and, and, and didn't make a very good case for myself, but that's okay. God was with me, and I was very thankful for the things that he uh, allowed me to, to, to go through and what he's done in my life since. My brother and father, hear you my defense, which I now uh, which I make now to you. Chapter 22, verse 1. And when they had heard that he spoke in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he says, and now you can understand that Paul also was linguistic. Uh, he was able to speak in Greek, and now he's able to speak in Hebrew. And no telling how many other languages he was able to, to uh, was accomplished in. I am a... I am verily a man which am a Jew born of Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, uh, yet brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous towards God as you all are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. 
as also the high priestess bear me witness and all the estate of the elders from whom I received letters to the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound in Jerusalem for to be punished. Came to pass that as I had made my journey and was to come near Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light around about me. And I fell on the ground and I heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecute you me? And I answered him, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spoke to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And he said, Arise, go to, into Damascus, and there you shall be told uh, you of all things which are appointed to you to do. And when I could not see for the glory of the light being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelled there, came to me and stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Same hour I looked upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will, and see the just one, and should hear the voice of his mouth. For you shall be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why it terrorists you? Arise and be baptized. Arise and be baptized. And it came to pass that I might come into Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple. Oh, wait a minute. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and why terrorists you? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins calling upon the name of the Lord. So, uh, there we have the, the, the baptismal um, uh, liturgy, whatever you want to call it, where uh, you're baptized, uh, your sins are washed away, and you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste, get you quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat every synagogue, uh, beat in every synagogue then that believed on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting to his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said to me, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. They gave him audience to this word and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air. And the chief captains commanded him and brought him into the castle and bid that he should be examined and scourged by scourging, that he might uh, know whereof they cried so against him. And as they bound him with the th uh, thongs, Paul said to the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? It's interesting that Paul's um, not only being Jewish, he was also had a Roman citizenship. He had dual citizenship 
And at this particular time, he decided to use that dual citizenship to preserve his life. The chief captain came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman? And he said, yes. And the chief captain answered, with a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, but I was freeborn. Then immediately they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid. After he knew that he was a Roman, and because he had bound him on the morrow, because he would have known the certainty whereof he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands, commanded the chief priests and all their uh, council to appear, and brought Paul down and set him before them. And so uh, Paul <laughs> said that Peter was supposedly to go to Rome. Well, it was actually Paul that ended up in Rome. And it was actually Paul that ended up in Rome bound um, in chains for, I think, he had some freedoms, but he was bound in chains for a, a, a greater part of his life. I would like to, uh, like to answer a couple of questions that I've had a little bit uh, on my own mind. And, and, and um, the, uh, the, the ambassadorship that we have, and I understand um, the, the two messages that we went through, and it's very interesting, and I, and I appreciate Matt's uh, feast message on victory. That was really, really very, very powerful, and, and we live in a society that's it, it's very difficult to live in. Paul had a, as we just got through reading, was commissioned to go to the Gentiles. Um, <laughs> the Jews hated him; they wanted to kill him in every opportunity they tried. They made an up, they they, and they many times even brought him to near death. And so, consequently, um, Jesus sent him to, to different places where the Gentiles were. Now, some of the places that he went um, were great centers. Uh, Corinthians was not, uh, uh, Corinth was, was one of the centers of uh, a great idolatry. And so he, he was always having to write powerful letters to help the people in Corinth to overcome the sins that they had coming out of idolatry. And you can read how he even had to correct the Corinthian church because they were uh, sinning with a sin that was not even mentioned anywhere. A man had his uh, father's wife. So, in in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, this, this word here, um, which is kind of like the presbyter, is um, there's, there's only two places. I looked up this morning because I thought maybe um, this word also could have been in the Septuagint because a lot of these Greek words uh, were, were used in the Septuagint. But I could not find it there at all. Um, let me go back here to, to uh, Ephesians first place where this is uh, kind of we talked about the armor of God and he says praying in verse uh, verse 18 praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit 
watching thereto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And then he says, for me, that utterance may be given me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So he's asking them in, in Ephesus to, to pray for him, for which I am, and it says an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, that you also may know that my affairs and how I do. And then he goes on with some, some other things. But they, that word actually could also mean envoy. Uh, really, the depth of it is elder or eldership um, or senior. So it's a little difficult to, um, in, in this modern society, uh, this word would be uh, a little bit difficult to translate as ambassador. Um, it would be more like, because he was, he was actually a prisoner, and he was actually taking this gospel message to the Romans, and so this was a little different, a little different, because he was a uh, in bonds. Now, the one that uh, this one was singular, by the way. This word, ambassador, was singular, and so it it fits very, very well with with what he's talking about. And and you could use that word, uh, ambassador or envoy, as it's also translated in some of the other uh, translations that I have. In the other one, which is in 2 Corinthians, uh, we know that this uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 5, um, and let me get over there to it, and get to it. Second Corinthians 5, and verse, uh, let me go up here a little further up. Let me, let's uh, pick it up around verse um, Verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new uh, creature, a, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, uh, when I see the word us, I kind of ask, well, who's the us? In, in, in this ministry because he's talking about someone else. Well, in, in the first part, this letter has uh, two addressees. Uh, it has Paul, the, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, verse 1, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Arcasia. So uh, he could be also talking about Timothy when he says, us, uh, given us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them, and has committed us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ that be you reconciled to God. And so not only is he um, saying that he has the this, he has committed this word of reconciliation, but he's also reaching out to the, the, the ones in Corinth that they should also be reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made righteousness of him, uh, of God in him. Now, uh, not to, you know, so I, I did a little research in that. In, the, in my 
Williams translation, Williams uses the word envoy, and even in the Second Corinthians, when he actually uses the singular, so I'm not sure a, a, a word, let's see, let me read this one. He says, so I am an envoy, envoy in Second Corinthians, uh, the fourth chapter, verse 20, to represent Christ because it is through me that as God is making uh, his appeal as one representing Christ, I beg you, be reconciled to God. He made him who personally knew nothing of sin to be a sin offering for us so that through his union with him we might come to right standing with God. And so, I, you know, this is my research and my look at these things. And so I, I, I know that there's a history behind the ambassadorship, but there's also sometimes um, a look at different things. Now, uh, now concerning uh, what we are, <laughs> we're preachers too. We're, and so it, we're, we're called to, to reach out and, and preach the word. And, and he was giving instruction to Timothy, young, um, not to be afraid, not to let anybody take him, him down, that he was to, to preach the word. And I think that's important for all of us. He says, now the speak, in verse, uh, chapter uh, 4 and verse 1 of First Timothy, he says, now the Spirit speaks expressly that the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Boy, um, one of those is going to be the, the gay theology that's going to come into the, the into a lot of churches, and it's going to, have to be something I really have to watch. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hired iron, forbidding to marry, commanding them stain for meats which God's created and give, receive with thanksgiving to them to believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good; nothing to be refused is received with thanksgiving, and that can be for it is sanctified. We know that word means that that which is set apart, there's things that aren't set apart for us to eat, sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of the Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith. Refuse vain, uh, but refuse profane old wives' tales and exercise yourself rather to godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable in all things, having a promise of life. And, and, and let's see, faithful saying worthy uh, of the labor. And so he was encouraging that we were uh, encouraging Timothy in all these things. He says, um, and I think I've, uh, there's one I Oh, I know what I'm wanting. That's good in instructions too, but this is the one I want. And 4, verse 2. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, and is appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. This is our instruction. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all longsuffering and doctrine. Well, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, will shall heap to themselves teachers having itchier ears. And they shall, uh, and they shall turn away uh, their ears from the truth, and shall be turned to fables. Watch you in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure at hand. He says, I have fought the good fight; I have finished my course; 
I have kept the faith. And that's what all of us look for. Herein there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, brethren, not just to Paul, but all of those that follow his way. Follow Jesus Christ. Follow God the Father. And not to me only, but to all of them that also love his appearing. Do your diligence. Come shortly to me. We have a powerful witness in Paul. Let no one tell you, ever tell you, that Paul's writings are not scriptural.